Good morning. But I thought I was going to do that in the dark for a few minutes. Should be good because I can't even read in the light. So um, I'm good. Starting off the same way I did last time. Uh, last service I was up here and I told some funny jokes and everybody looked at me funny. So either I'm not funny or it's too hot to laugh. I don't know. But uh, if anybody out there loves me, you'll give me some courtesy laughs so I don't go to the top of the building and jump off. Um, hey, there we go. Um, listen, my name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I'm really excited to um, be up here hanging out with you guys today. Chris, is, um, he's gone out of town, took, an, uh, took a Sunday off, so um, he asked me to fill in and kick off this series about trapped. Um, for those of you who are normally here, um, Chris has a gift that I don't have, and that is that no matter what his situation is in life, he doesn't sweat. Um, I, on the other hand, do not have that gift, so if I look like I'm going to die in the middle of the service, just bear with me. Um, because it's only going to get worse, because it is hotter up here than it is out there. So um, this series, Trapped, is all about one of the most amazing things to talk about at church. You guys are going to be pumped. We're going to be talking about money and finances. Um, Everybody go, woo, I know we're excited, right? Yeah, it's hot, and we get to talk about that. I do love Chris. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. So I get to kick it off and talk about it, and it actually is a complete God thing, because as as I looked through the um, the material and what we wanted to talk about, and, and this was going to be my week. I, I knew that God had his hand on it just because it's something that I've dealt with so much. Just it's, I've not always done well with money. Our family hasn't always done well. So it's a good thing for me to get up here to talk and say, hey, God will come through, God will prevail, but it can be quite the process. For some of you, though, you're sitting there thinking, dude, you're going to browbeat me into, into tithing for 45 minutes, and absolutely, that's what I plan on doing. No. That's not it at all. That's not what um, I'm here to talk to you about. We're here to talk about how in the situation when our finances come into play and how um, they can start to trap us and keep us from doing the things that um, we feel like God's leading us to do or we want to do or the things we want to help people with. If we become so trapped inside of our finances because of everything, it just squeezes on us, then... um, it's a, it's a hard road to get out, and that's not exactly what God has for us. So what I want you to keep in mind is this isn't a percentage thing. This isn't a, hey, give me 10%, give me 10%, give me 10%. It's not a percentage thing. It's an honor thing. And what we want to talk to you about is not due to the 10% of your finances that you give to us or that you give to somebody else. Does that honor God? We want to talk about, does your, do your finances as a whole, do the whole 100% of your finances in your life, does that point towards who we say we believe in? Does that point towards God and, and who we say that we follow? So that said, we're going to kind of just transition right in. Um, I just want to give you just a little bit of my backstory so you can understand um, where I'm coming from. I got uh, married when I was 17 years old, for those of you who don't know, and my wife was 30. No, I'm just kidding. She was 17 as well. Ha <laughs> ha. Woke you up. Um, she was 17 as well. And um, so I shouldn't have even been allowed to, like, drive a car, much less have a wife or any sort of money. Um, I just thought you, you, you made it and you spent it. I thought that was what you made it for, was to spend it. I didn't think you were supposed to spend it on responsible things. I just thought, you know, like, more, more stuff, more electronics, TVs, cars, food in my case. I do like food. Um, things like that. I didn't think there was any purpose to it. You just work to make and then you make to spend. And it was just the process. Well, it was just a long, long process for, for me and my wife as, as we walked through this because I, I just wasn't, and this, you know, there's times when I make fun of myself and there's times when I tell you something serious. This is me telling you something serious. I just had no idea. 
I was not intelligent in any way on what my finances should look like and how to lead my family. You just, I didn't, I wasn't born innate with that innate ability. I was 17 and I was an immature 17 year old. So the problem became is that I kept using that as my excuse, you know, and like four and five years later, people are like, yeah, but you were 17 five years ago. And so then it was kind of like, that's not an excuse anymore. At some point you have to grow up and you have to be responsible with what God has entrusted you with. If you say that you believe in him and if you say that you're a follower of Jesus, you have to be responsible for the things that have been given to you. So that was not an easy lesson to learn. But I remember the moment that it all changed for me and my wife. We had gone through a nice, comfortable cycle of getting a mess, get bailed out. Getting a mess, get bailed out. Getting a mess, get bailed out. Until finally we just started to think there is no consequences for, the, for these actions. We're doing this over and over and over again. And every time we get bailed out, it almost became an expectation that we're going to make poor decisions and that's okay because somebody will bail us out. Now, we would have never said that to one another, but it was definitely what we were thinking, especially me. Because, guys, let me tell you something about moms you may not know. For the most part, women are, are, are a little bit more mature anyway. And then they get, they get to be a mom and just all of a sudden like this switch flips and they're adults, right? I don't get it. We have quite the process. We still like several years of blowing stuff up making inappropriate jokes, chewing with our mouth open, stuff like that. They catch on quick. I don't know why. My wife, you know, she knew it was up, but I was a little too um, um, bullheaded and stubborn to just give in and be like, okay, cool. So she, she kind of watched as um, I tore our financial situation apart. And um, the even cooler thing is, is when we sat down and we realized what a hole we were in, she kept loving me anyway and didn't run out or stab me in the heart in my sleep or something. That was vivid, sorry. So I remember the moment that it all changed, though. Our whole perspective changed on it. And this is, I don't know why it was this, but this is as true as I'm sitting here. We were at a conference, and there was this, um, sorry. There was this organization asking us to give money to help with some children. And they weren't guilting us into it. They didn't, you know, they didn't do that thing where, you know, they bring all the kids on stage that haven't eaten in six months or something and tell, it you, fault, tell you it's your fault or anything. Um, they didn't like, they, they just said, hey, here's the issue and here's what you can do to help. And we both wanted to help so bad. I think at that moment, we just knew that God was, I mean, we would have adopted like 37 kids and bought a bus and come back, you know, and been like, hey, look, look what we got. We just, we have a heart for kids, and we have a heart for kids that the marginalized of society. That's just what God's put on our family and on us. But man, we, we, we wanted to help so bad, and we couldn't. We absolutely could not. We would not have been being responsible to help. It wouldn't have been like a step out on faith, okay, we, you know, we'll do this. It would have been an absolute where we're saying, okay, God, um, now we need all this extra money back because we don't have it. So, and we, it would have it it caused our family to, to suffer, and not in the, like, we can't eat McDonald's way. You know, we just, we wouldn't have been able to pay our bills. So it, I mean, it bothered us. But for one of the first times in our marriage, we thought, okay, we can do two or three things here. We can either, we can mope around, and we can be mad about it. We can blame one another. You know, I can say it's your fault. You can say it's mine. We can yell and scream. Or we can come back, and we can figure out, okay, how are we going to fix this problem? How are we going to make this where our finances are in line? Not just the 10% we give, but the 100% that we're, we're entrusted with. And here's what we realized. Here's what we had to come to the realization of. We know 
and we hear this a lot probably, that in your life, if you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, every part of your life is supposed to point towards Jesus. Who you are, what you do, what you buy, what you, all that stuff, it's supposed to point towards Jesus and who he is in your life. But a lot of times, so that my notes, a lot of times we compartmentalize that and we say, okay, it's over here relationally and, and how I give of my time, but my money, that's mine. That's my stuff. You can have this and you can have your little 10% there, but you can't have the other 90. That's for me. That's for our family. That's for us to buy cool stuff, go on vacation. It's for us to do whatever we want. And then when we run out of that money, we'll use credit cards or whatever, and then then we'll go in debt with money we don't have yet. So that's how we view it. Now, we may never come out and say, like, here's God's money, and then our, our, here's, here's our money, here's our finances, and that's ours, and then here's the rest of our life, and that's, that's God's. We may never come out and say that, but a lot of times our actions will say that for us. Me and Jennifer would give of our time. We would give as much as we could of our time and relationships, and we would do that almost to a fault at times. But when it came to money... God could have his, and then if that, and then we would keep the rest. Because we didn't realize that when we view our stuff as our own, the only people we're worried about glorifying is us. When we view what God has given us as our stuff, the only people we're really concerned about is us. Now, for different people, that means different things. I can be an innately selfish person. That's just the bottom line. I like to act like I'm not, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, I really would really prefer it if it could all be about me. Um, that was, everybody's like, oh, you're a jerk. Um, uh, I'm working on it. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. But I also know that that's not everybody's situation. Some of you would give everything you had, almost to the irresponsible level. You'd give everything that you had. You wouldn't worry about paying bills and making other commitments that would suggest, you know, that would be honoring to God because you made the commitment to pay the people. You would just give it all away. Some of you, it's not about you, it's about your children. You want your children to have the very best of everything. And so you pour money into them because, heaven forbid, you shop at like Walmart or something. Everybody is different. I'm not picking on you. I'm not being hard on you, okay? I'm just saying... I can't pinpoint what it is for each and every person. At the end of the day, though, it's this is ours, and we don't want to talk about it, and don't you dare try to talk about it, because then we won't give you the church or 10%. This is ours, and we'll talk about all this over here, but we're not going to talk about this. And so when we stepped back and we started looking in in our own lives, we realized that we had to make a serious mind shift, like a, we had to really shift our mindset. And more than that, though, we realized it had to be a heart thing. So if you're in here today and you're like, you know what, dude, you're talking to me about something that's just not my issue, then apply it to your life. Because what I'm going to tell you definitely applies to the rest of your life. We realized that we couldn't make receive it, we couldn't make giving to God, we couldn't make it about receiving blessing, but it had to be about giving honor. Can't be about receiving blessing from God, but about giving honor to God. That's our big idea. We can't make it about receiving blessing from God, but about giving honor to God. We would give at times when we needed something. You know, you've, how many of us have ever heard of the, the evangelist on TV, though, or, you know, maybe you've heard him up close that'll say, dude, if you give, you know, God will provide 47,000 fold. You give whatever's left in your bank account, and God will provide. How many of you have ever heard that? I'm not hating on it. I'm just asking if you've heard it. All right? Now I'm going to hate on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
we've all heard that at some point. If you haven't, not many people raised their hand. I think it's because it's hot. Because if you turn your TV on, you should have seen this at some point. So the, you got this, this kind of people that say, give your, give your temperature and give more than. And God will provide. And the Bible does say that. But doesn't that confuse the issue? <laughs> like if we're saying, you give to God so you can get something. For me, that just, what the, <laughs> that just doesn't work. Like, it can't be about, we're going to give to you, God, so that we can receive something. It has to be about, God, no matter what you do, here's, here's my life. Here's my finances. Here's your portion. Here it all is. I want to give glory to you. And then if I receive blessing, then fine. If I don't, then fine. It can't be, I'm going to give to you so that you'll give to me. It's not a barter system. Like, you, that's not quite how it works. So we had to make a, a shift in our mindset. We had to figure out, okay, this isn't about receiving blessing from God. It's about giving honor to God. Now, the tricky part about that is, is that it's easy to come in, write 10%, whatever it is you do to your church, put it in the bucket, and then go home, and then you're done. That's it. You don't put any focus into what the rest of your finances look like. You, you don't care about how much debt you're in. You don't, none of that stuff matters. It's just, okay, here's yours, God, and now I've done my part, now leave me alone. And we do that a lot in life. Okay, God, here's yours, now I've bought myself some freedom over here. We look at our relationship with God often as, you take this, and I'll get to do this. You, do, you, you get this part, and then I get to, be, I get to do this over here. And, and that's just how we view it. Again, it's not something that we would say subconsciously, but if you step back and look at your own actions, you're going to say, okay, I serve over here, but I use that as an excuse for why I can do something silly or something that's not of God over here. That's just how we prefer to do it. We love to mix and to mingle. So we kind of almost look at it a lot of times when we tithe. It's almost this begrudging, like, here, take yours. I've got to be able to have a good week type of thing. And it's almost like if you've ever seen one of those commercials or you've ever been in one of those environments where they guilt you into giving to like impoverished kids and marginalized kids, it's like, okay, God, here's yours, you know, or okay, kid, here's yours, just don't ask me to come and get dirty. Don't ask me to get, don't, don't ask me to, to help you in any other way. The amazing thing would be is if being a Christian was just this really easy thing. That would be so awesome. But the hard part about it is, is that it requires that we say, okay, God, you can have every part of my life, and you can make it point to you, and it's just about you getting glory. It has nothing to do with me. It's just about you. And we make it, when we take that and we understand that's what being a Christian is about, that it's just about God. First, foremost, and done, it's about God and making sure that he receives glory. If, it, if that wasn't hard, it wouldn't be hard. To, I mean, why wouldn't everybody sign up to be a Christian? You get to go to heaven, streets of gold, somebody loves you no matter what. But there's a second part of it that says, okay, we're giving our lives to you. So every part of that has to point towards Jesus. So we had to, as a, as a family for us, we had to make a mind shift. We had to change the way we look at it. And it was painful and it was hard and it involved lots of screaming and arguing and her yelling at me, me yelling at her, and it was unproductive forever. And then I stopped being involved and just let her do it because she's smarter than me anyway. That wasn't helpful. And we, just, we tried everything outside of her literally having me assassinated. That was it. We tried everything. Nothing worked. We just kept, 
kept pushing forward, kept pushing forward. And then God did this in us. And we realized, God, we don't necessarily want to make more, but we want to have more margin so that we can do more. Now, I hate that it took me to get to there to realize that I need to be more responsible because I can't give. I can't, I can't give consistently and be a part of life change for somebody like that. I can give them my life and my time, and that's valuable, and that's huge. That's more so than money, because anybody can throw money at a problem. But there's more that we wanted to be able to do as a family, and we couldn't. We couldn't. So that was a huge shift for us. It took forever. We're still working through it. I am still paying for the poor, terrible decisions that I made as a, as a, as a young adult. Well, I'm still a young adult, but a very young adult. And as a kid, I'm still paying for those decisions. I'll probably be paying for them for several more years. And there's days where I just want to throw my hands in the air and, and just be done. Just be done. I, you know what? Just spend it all. We don't care. Let's go shopping. Let's go buy something. It'll be fine. There's days where I want to do that. That's not going to glorify God. So we have to keep fighting through. So we had to realize how God views our stuff. That was tough. How God views our stuff. Because everything belongs to God. Everything comes from God. And Everything is distributed by God unequally. And that last one was tough, because I don't like that at all, unless the unequal is going to be in my favor, which generally it's not. So as I was looking through this, I wanted to, I wanted to find a, a story where I could kind of work through this with you guys. So we're going to be, for those of you who aren't, don't have the version on your phone, if you've got your Bible, you can go ahead and be turn, turn, ugh, ugh, turning there. I can't talk, got peanut butter in my mouth. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles, okay? That's in the Old Testament. It's kind of close to the beginning. Just keep flipping from Genesis, you'll see it. All right, there's a first and a second. You see second, go backwards. Um, and then what I want to, I want to, while you're going there, I just want to put this in context for you, okay? Because I don't want to just read you a story and then you think I took it out and made it up, okay? Here's what's going on. David, um, it's going to be First uh, Chronicles 29. Um, David was... Basically, this is Ryan Virgin sitting up in his nice, big, beautiful castle one day, and he realized that um, the the place they had for the Lord, where they the temple, all that stuff, it was like this tent, and so it started to bother him that he had all this amazingly nice stuff, and 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 God, where they went to worship God, was in a tent. So he decided that he was going to raise all this money and build this beautiful, amazing tent. Right? I mean, not tent, uh, temple, and it was just going to be out of control. And so he's, he's getting ready to do it, and God says, eh, why don't you chill out? Why don't we let Solomon do it? I don't think God actually said chill out. But he was like, why don't, why don't we let Solomon, Solomon do it? Solomon was coming up next. He was going to be the next king. And so David was like, all right, you can do that, obviously, because you're God, and you told me to. So what he did was he went and he raised all the money, and then he went and he designed it. So he was just basically setting Solomon up for success. Solomon, you come in, you do your thing. I've already done the legwork. So David decides to give from the kingdom and to give from his own personal stash. He gives and gives and gives and gives. And then he goes to some other people that are wealthy, that are doing well, and asks them to give and give and give. And by the time it's all said and done, they've brought all this money in. By the time it's all said and done, if you put it in today's like, numerical value, the, the best estimate I've heard is, is close to $1 billion of, of stuff that they brought, silver, gold, all that stuff, to build this, this temple for God. And now this is David kind of at the end of that when it's all happened. This is him kind of talking to him and talking to God about how amazed he is. So we're going to start in verse 10. 
My Bible is falling apart. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in life, excuse me, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Everything belongs to God. That's right there. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. Everything comes from God. That's not in there. That's the, I'm telling you that. <laughs> Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. At your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Everything is distributed by God unequally. Our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and everything we give give you is only what you first gave us. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. So David's saying, hey, everything belongs to you, Everything comes from you, and everything is distributed by you. And this, he's coming to God, and he's saying, I thank you just for letting me be a part of your story. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. A lot of times, whether you'll admit it to yourself or not, we get into this whole God thing because we want to know what are we going to get out of it. But it can't be about receiving blessing. It has to be about giving honor. David's saying, you gave this all to me anyway. It's all yours. You, <clears throat> I'm going to give back out of obedience to what you've already done in my life. There's not like a prerequisite. God's done his part. He gave his son's life for you. Done. Everything else is an added blessing. But a lot of times we get into it about how, what are we going to get from God? We have to realize that everything comes from Him, everything belongs to Him, and it's all distributed by Him unequally. And that is where I'm going to land for just a minute because I know that hurts. Me and me especially, and a lot of times would always say, you know, why is it that this person over here has this problem, but they got all this? And why is it that this problem has this issue, this person has this issue, but they've got all of what they've got? And, and I try to do right, and I got nothing. I, don't, I can't even rub sticks together. We love to talk about and focus on, okay, you're doing that wrong, and you get that, and then you're doing this wrong, and then you're doing that, and you're doing that, and then we never have to focus on us. Because when we do that, then we make it about receiving blessing, not giving honor. So we, I love to just focus on what everybody else was doing and how God was blessing them. And why isn't he blessing me like that? It's a, you know, I mean, that's just, what's up? What's up? I don't understand how come they get that and they get that and, and I, get, I get what I get. And then I realized something. When you become completely focused on giving honor to God, your picture of what blessing is changes. When you become focused on giving honor to God, your picture of what blessing is changes. And it becomes not about you, but about what God can do through you. And you just want to be a person that everything about you gives honor to God. You won't succeed, you'll fail at times, 
but you just want to shoot for that. And so for those of you that struggle with hate, that unequally part, that bothers me. You have to be aware of the fact that it's not about you. It's just about moving you out of the way and letting God do whatever he can through you and through your life. I had a coach one time. I had played, uh, been playing, I had played basketball in high school. Been playing, uh, was playing a game, and um, I was, had a really good first half, and then um, came out in the second half and picked up a couple quick fouls, and was, I had to sit for a while. And I got cold and came back in, and I played horribly, and I was just really mad about it, really angry about it. But we won. It was a big game to win, too. And, uh, but I was still mad. I was so mad that I played bad, I couldn't even focus on the fact that we won the game. And um, I remember my coach walking up to me. He was asking me what was wrong. And um, I was telling him, I'm just upset, man. I played really horribly. It was just bad. And he said, uh, he looked at me. He said something that I don't know why it always stuck with me. But he just said, is our success as a team contingent on how you play? And the question that you need to ask yourself in life in general is, is God receiving glory contingent on the kind of blessing that you receive? Is how God is honored through your life going to be contingent on what he does for you? Because if the answer to that is yes, we got more problems than I'm going to be able to fix in talking to you about what your finances are supposed to look like. If, if you honoring God and allowing God to be honored through you is contingent on you receiving blessing and what God does for you and in your life, it could be a long road. Our heart has to get out of the way. Or excuse me, our head has to get out of the way and our heart has to just say, okay, God, you just do through me what you need to do and just get as much glory as physically possible. Now, here's what is absolutely amazing about God. And as I tried to filter through, how am I going to apply this? Because we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about it as the series goes on. My whole job is to just get your head wrapped around. It's not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor. So as we go through this series, we're going to talk more about that. So I'm trying to figure out, how do I apply a theme like that directly towards money? And so what I want to say is some of you, you are very orderly, and you're good, and your finances are perfectly in order, and you know what you're spending, and, and you do this, and you, do, and, and you feel like in your heart that it points to Jesus. If that's the case, I would encourage you to look at other areas of your life. For those of you who are like me that have made a mess, and it's going to take some time to get out of your mess because it's going to take me a lot of time to get out of your mess. I want you to know something, and this is really big, and this is one of my favorite things about God, and it's that no matter what, if we'll let him take all the mess and all the junk in our life and straighten it out, he'll take even that and he'll let it give him glory. So God is so big that even all the, the bad things, the stupid things that I've done, all the bad choices, the bad decisions, he'll take those things, and if I'll let him, and I'll be disciplined enough to work through them, he'll let them give him honor. So, you know, we've all got our different stuff. we all got vehicles. Some of us have got credit cards. Oh, I almost tripped. You know, houses. All this stuff. We want to go on vacations. We want to have fun. And we've just made some poor decisions. Or we've not made some poor decisions, but they're just not in any certain order. We just kind of do what we want when we want, and it doesn't matter what God's called of us or asked of us or anything. And so it just gets messy over time. It just gets messy. But God is cool in the fact that if we'll allow him to do 
what he does. And we'll just start giving him pieces and giving him all of what we are and just saying, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I don't know how I'm going to straighten out this mess that I've created. But I'm going to just trust that you are good, that you are who you say you are, and that you do love me. Put that on the right side. That he will continue to be faithful and he will continue to give you the strength that you don't think you have on your own. And he will work all that stuff out. And one day you'll look back and you'll realize, okay, that was hard. And that was really, I'm getting all mixed up here. Sorry, wasn't supposed to go that way. And that was really tough. But I went through it and I paid the price and it was hard. And now what was a mess and what was ugly and nasty points towards Jesus and points towards God, and points towards what he has for our life. That can apply to your finances, that can apply to your relationships, that can apply to every part of who you are. But when you take it out of, when you start to say, okay, it's not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor, and then you let God do what God does, and you, he'll start providing for you when your heart is where it's supposed to be, he'll start doing things that you can't explain, And all of a sudden, all this hard work, that one's upside down, all this hard work will eventually point towards who Jesus was. And you'll look back and you'll say, not only will it be a spiritual marker for you, but it'll be for your family, the people around you. And you'll say, you know what, I didn't always have this gig together. I didn't always start, you know, knowing where I was going to finish. I didn't really have any goals for my finances. I didn't really care about anybody but me and my family. I just didn't care. It was about us and what can we do and how much fun can we have. And then all of a sudden, God did something in me, and I realized what a mess I had, and then I had to straighten it up and clean it up, but I couldn't do that outside of God, and he was inside of me, and he was a part of me, and he loves me enough that he was patient with me through it. And then all of a sudden, one day, you look back, and you have something that points towards where God was so big in your life and where only God could have come through. Only His grace and His mercy could have provided a way for you to say, okay, uh, I, I couldn't have done that, but here's what God did in my life, and it only, I only can explain it through Christ. I can only explain it through who God is. He loves me. He's generous. He's big. He's gracious enough that He takes all the funk, all the nastiness in my life, and if I'll do the hard work of becoming a follower of Jesus and making my life like Jesus's, he will take that stuff and he will point it towards himself. And what better gift can you really want than to say, I was a part of God's story. God used me to influence others. God used me to point others towards Jesus. God used me to impact other people in his name. When you start to make it about, not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor, you'll understand that your blessing becomes very little about what you have and what you can give and what you can do for other people and what God will do through you. But when you're focused on giving honor to yourself or receiving blessing, you won't think of it through those lenses. You won't think of it through that filter. You'll just say, well, it's about me. I just want what I can have. I'll give it to you, God, but you give me this. And the first time you make me mad, I'm going to withhold. It's a good thing that God doesn't always treat us the way we like to treat him. So as we go, what I want you to know is that if you, all you heard me say was, dude, we got to tithe. We got to give our 10% today. Then I have failed miserably and I'm probably going to get fired. What we want you to understand and what we believe at One Church 
is that if you'll make your life and your finances not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor, God will take care of the rest. God will lead you in the way that he's going to lead you. And he will teach you what he's going to teach you. And we're going to help with that, but we're not trying to browbeat you into it. Because then all you're doing is mimicking behavior and not trying to figure out why you should do these things. We don't want to make it this legalistic, if you don't do it, then you're in trouble. We want you to know that your whole life is not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor. And every part of that, including your finances, should point towards God the way you give, the way you spend. What we want to encourage you to do this week, some of you are going to do it, some of you are not. We want you to give, oh wait, we want you to give. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. But that's not what I'm trying to say. I don't know where to go from there. Um, what I was trying to say was, we want you to write down everything that you spend this week. We just want you to write it down. Every time you, you go to buy anything, bills included, just write it down on another piece of paper. And then at the end of the week, sit down and look and, and say to yourself, did this glorify God? Was this a responsible use of what God has entrusted me with? And then you go from there. You won't make a dramatic shift in how you handle things unless you start to realize it's not about receiving blessing, but about giving honor. It's not about receiving blessing from God, but giving honor to God. Let's pray.